That was T, weird. how's it weird? I don't know. I had to, like, find you and invite you in. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Like I was saying, it is dark out here. Like, pitch black. Yeah, I still can't believe you get up every morning and just go outside walking. Your neighbors must think you are so unhinged. No, they're fast asleep, I'm sure. It is Deadsville. I only actually have one neighbor who I would walk by to get where I'm going, which is right next door to me. is a big high school track. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty low-key. But there's a big dark section between uh, where I start and when I get there. And it is dark. So, Why don't you turn the flashlight on? I, I have it, you know, I have it, but also I also kind of like to navigate by sense of touch, too. So, eyes adjust. It's cool. I'm okay with it. So, we were just talking about something that I wanted to get to. What was it? What was it? What was it? Oh, I don't man. Know. We just talked about like 800 things in a row, so that's not going to narrow it down much, is it? I was going to say, <laughs> do you know how long ago this was, approximately? Oh, sometime in the last four hours. Um, a lot has happened. It has. It has. I think, well, one thing that was on my mind is um, we had a conversation the other night uh, with our new buddy. And we were talking about uh, movies and so on that we were going to, you know, sort of advocate for. And I'm kind of surprised of two things. One is, I don't think I, I don't think everyone, we were were talking, all of us were just throwing so many Tarantino titles up there. I didn't do any, any David Lynch, which is so weird for me because he's actually my favorite. And the other thing was, um, Paul, um, no, um, True Detective, the first season of True Detective. Have I, have I talked to you about that series? Or are you, are you aware of it? Um, mildly, heard of it. I think mild, mildly, we talked about it. Yeah, it was a series. It was like an HBO premium series. I think it had eight or ten episodes, maybe, maybe six, maybe six long, long episodes though. Very cinematic, like all the you know, all not at all a TV show. All the all the production values of a real movie, and um, you know, not a huge budget, not a big special effects movie, but it was you know, it was intensely well done about a couple of uh, detectives in uh, Louisiana investigating a series of very culty murders. And it had a lot to it, including a character played by Matthew McConaughey, whose name was Rust. And uh, said that character- Oh, is that the Nietzsche thing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Is that Nietzsche? Shut the fuck up. Um, (laughs) What's that, Nietzsche? Shut the fuck up. Um, Yeah, exactly, you nailed it. And, uh, but that Rust character says some things that I, I really literally thought, you know, like I'd never actually hear someone else say them, let alone in a, in a, in a piece of high value production for media. So I recommend it highly. I should have bought that in last night. I would love to sit you down and try to get you through that at some point. I think you would, I think you would really jam on it. It is. I'm sure an attempt will be made. It will be made. It is, it is superb though. It is superbly well done. And uh, very, uh, very riveting viewing. So there's that, if nothing else. I did want to bring that in last night, and somehow we just got 
you know, just in a whirlwind of conversation. You couldn't get everything out that you wanted to say. It was just all happening at once. And yeah, that's not away from us. Yeah, that's just, it does sometimes. But it's just us here, so we can just handle it on our own now. Take it easy, pace ourselves, acquire the finer things in life as we choose to. <laughs> See, I had a couple of articles I wanted to read, and I guess you wanted to do just freestyling? Yeah, I don't know. You're so academic. I'm like, it's uh, three in the morning. Just let it unfold? Yeah. Why does oh, everything have to have a plan? Well, I thought, you know, with the structure I was trying to put together, it was two articles, and it was one article was about something really terrible, and one article was about something really great. And they just kind of, to me, showed like these sort of um, the duality of man, the polarity of things, right? The good and the bad. And why, what can we say about that? It didn't have to be, uh, it didn't have to be more than a departure point, was my thinking. If we had something to work on, uh, to chew on, it would be okay. No, if you want to sum them up, you can do that, and we can do that, I guess. I mean, summing up is, is, is pretty easy. One article was from GQ, and it was about a particular trauma ward in London. And when London, you know, we say, um, we talked about gun control. I think our first episode on this platform was about gun control um, with our local micro-celebrity friend, Tyler. And that, um, you know, that, that really could be summed up, actually. There's a now pretty actually well-known Onion article that they've published something like 23 times in the past seven or eight years every time there's a pretty significant gun massacre in this country and the headline is something like um it's too bad there's no way this can be avoided says only country and world where this happens regularly and you know it basically is pointing out that you know other countries have gun regulations and guess what they don't have mass shootings like we do as frequently so the onion publishes that on a regular basis they just change the uh information on where the shooting was and how many people were shot and then they run the rest of the article uh, so England being different than America, different gun laws, they don't have mass shootings. But what happens is when they made it very, very difficult to obtain weapons that are guns, the incidence of attacks with edged weapons shot up. So now what happened as a result is that the doctors, the emergency room doctors, the trauma surgeons in England have gotten very good at treating those kinds of injuries, those kind of wounds, lacerations and punctures and so on, and have learned a tremendous amount. And this is an article about one particular trauma ward. And I think it's really mainly focuses on one doctor's night. Uh, and, you know, he treats, you know, several people who have various kinds of stab wounds. And it's an interesting article, but just really, you think it's like, so that's what happens, right? You take away one way for people to hurt each other and they just go to the next available best way. And what's going to happen if we, if we make edge weapons illegal, they're going to go to explosives. It's just people uh, just good possibility. Yeah. People just don't stop. And uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting article in a number of different ways. You can read it, even just from the point of view of if you're interested in, you know, modern trauma medicine and surgery and how things happen, like that they've discovered different things. Like one thing that like young gang members tend to do is try to stab the other person in such a way that they'll bisect their bowel. 
and the person will end up with like a colostomy bag if they survive. And another thing is like, apparently like doctors can pretty well, I think I'm remembering this. I haven't read the article in a long time. I didn't reread it tonight, but I think this is how it goes. Is it, they can somewhat treat if you have a puncture wound in your heart through one wall, but if it goes through two walls, I guess that messes them up. They, they cannot actually successfully treat that really. So what people started doing in England was using bicycle spokes sharpened bicycle spokes so you could go through the chest wall and get the heart that is unhinged yeah yeah that they learned this like people just keep adapting so but you can you can read that and just be like you know oh that's really interesting in terms of the medicine and the science of it but also like people are evil some people just really are freaking evil and of course you know the truth is most of these injuries are being inflicted over petty stuff or you know drug drug conflicts and so on you know um it's dark. It's dark stuff. And then the other article was about a hospital in India run by a couple of brothers. It's not for people, it's for birds. And so people bring them injured birds from all over the city. You know, and they, I guess they're functionally vets and they have some kind of means of support and charity and so on. And they just have tons and tons of birds that they're taking care of and nursing back to health. Um, and that's really cool. So as I say, you've just got these two contrasting articles. I, I, I hooked them together in my mind. I'm just like, it's so weird that humans are like, like we are. Some of us are trying to figure out ways to enforce, to inflict maximum damage on each other, either through, you know, puncturing somebody's heart wall through two different, you know, in two different places with a bicycle, sharpened bicycle spoke. And here are these other guys who are like just devoting their lives to saving these poor birds who've been injured. Like, what is up? How do you get all that in one species? Maybe nature versus nurture, you know? Everybody has potential. A lot of it is what you choose to use it for. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we come back around to thinking about our things we think about and how to make the world a better place and all that stuff. Can we do it? It's an individual struggle, but it needs a collective approach. It's um, it's fascinating, to say the least. Kind of just sad. Well, is the bird thing sad though? That makes me happy no. when I think about it. The bird thing's not sad. People figuring out how to maim each other effectively is pretty sad. Yeah. The it human doesn't dis- make me feel good. No, no, no. The human struggle for efficiency, even in things where efficiency is, is, is a even more, uh, um, uh, what do I want to say? It's a, it's a more uh, profound expression of evil. It's, a, it's, you know, maximizing the uh, efficiency of evil is never a good thing. No, and it's like, <laughs> you have to get so involved in things if you're not using a firearm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's I would imagine person. it's... Yeah, it's very different, I would imagine, to stab someone than it is to shoot them. And the fact that people can just do it like it's nothing, it's really quite sickening. Yeah, it's it's speaking about doing one's own wet work, um, which usually more means torturing somebody up close and personal. But yeah, stabbing somebody is wet work, too. Um, The other, you know, and that, that opens another question, too, right? I think we talked about on one episode how uh, 
there was a guy named Marshall who did a study on um, soldiers, I think, possibly in World War II, allegedly, but might have been World War I, and saying that many of them wouldn't fire their guns. Even in a combat situation, there's a certain percentage of people who just would not, they would freeze or they just wouldn't be able to bring themselves to shoot another person. But with these shooters, man, these these high school, particularly I'm thinking, I'm thinking here, right, um, I'm, I'm taking all of these mass shootings, I'm sort of editing out like some of them, like the Pulse shooting, right? That was some some guy um, who was out, you know, particularly had an axe to grind, he thought, with homosexual people. So he went to a gay club and shot it up. I don't mean that. I mean, I'm talking about the high school shooters, the Sandy Hooks of the world, you know. Um, and you know, I'm not talking about like like the guy, I think his name was Pollock, who was a, the shooting out of that hotel in Vegas. It's just the high school shooters, right? I just don't know. It doesn't seem to be that I can ever think of a news story where, you know, it's reported that, you know, a horrible situation was averted when a student, you know, obtained an AR-15, went to his school, you know, had on his camo fatigues, you know, took the, you know, loaded up the gun um, and decided to, you know, start shooting and then found he couldn't do it and just dropped the gun and, and said, you know, I need help. I don't know of any case I've ever heard of that happening. They always seem to be able to kill at least, to squeeze off a few rounds and kill or wound at least a few people. Um, and I think there's something there that's, I don't know, I don't know if I'm worthy of exploring it or not, but it, it's some, it speaks to something in him. I can't quite isolate what it is yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's really disturbing. Hmm. A couple of, uh... Um, well, I think you and I have talked about it, you know. I don't think I could shoot anybody. I mean... I guess I can't say never, but like, it would really have to be something insane, and I would not feel good about it. Uh huh. No, I don't know. Yeah, I I believe that. I don't have any trouble knowing you. I have no trouble believing what you're saying is true, and you say you know an insane circumstance perhaps, but that's insane. So we go back to back to the normal course of events, right? I mean, this is this is like. <laughs> Philosophy has all these questions you can ask in a philosophy class, right? You know, about, you know, train tracks and, you know, who's going to die. And so, you know, about the train, the trolley problems. Yes. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Okay. Yep, so it for does. Listener, yeah. For listeners who might not be familiar, there's a whole species of problems where you're, uh, you're guiding a trolley and you can decide which track to go on. The track splits. But we do things like on one track, you're going to have to run over a newborn baby. But on the other track, you're going to have to run over to 50-year-old people. What do you do? Um, and so these are sort of meant to be sort of philosophical questions for you about ethics and so on. In the realm of ethics, those come up, right? Um, and so then you say, you know, okay, a weird situation. Right? Like, could you shoot a mass shooter before they started shooting other people? Um, is that something that's in your capacity to do if you're at no risk yourself? In a, in a question like that, right? Or you could just press a button. They die, but um, they can't go on their shooting rampage. It still means you have to do something affirmative. And those, you know, those are interesting philosophical questions. But we have to, you know, and I also don't think we really know the answers until we find ourselves actually confronted with the reality, mostly. We might speculate about what we do. But most of us don't know what we do. 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's kind of why I always just, it makes me super uncomfortable when people are like, a good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun because it's like, do you know what you're asking of a person? You know what I mean? There's just, there's so much, like, I don't think, ah, man, I don't even know. I would imagine that most people would just freeze in a situation like that. It's absurd to me for any person to think, I'm going to walk around with a gun because today might be the day that I encounter a mass shooter while I'm at, I don't know, fucking Costco or whatever. And my response to that is going to be cool as a cucumber. I'm just going to pull out my gun and kill someone. Like, I don't know. Uh I just don't. It makes me question the reality of people that think that they could do that so easily. You know, it kind of makes me feel like, oh, okay, so you're sick too. Mm-hmm. Well, the people fantasize about that. I'll be the hero. I'll stop the shooter. If only the situation yeah. comes along, people will love me because I'm so gutsy and courageous. Yeah, it seems it seems a bit a bit far-fetched, a bit fanciful. Uh, you make the point, though, that people will freeze. And I think that is true. I'm, I don't mean necessarily the soldiers who... The thing about the soldiers that's remarkable was like they were supposed to be trained to shoot. A lot of, you know, the operation of the military with basic training and so on is to break people down and to, and to get them ready to do things they normally wouldn't do. Now, some people would do that shit all day long, but there are some people who don't want to do it. So to get a uniform form of soldiers, you have to break people down emotionally, physically, and so on. And the real reason that most soldiers who fight courageously, fight courageously, it turns out, at least as my understanding from interviews and so on, is they're fighting for the other guys in their unit, or women, I guess. U.S. doesn't supposedly let women into combat roles, but they still get there sometimes. End up with Tammy Duckworth with no legs as a result. But anyway, it's usually, you know, it's fighting for the people who you know, who you've been in close contact with, close quarters, close proximity. People in... in the military, you know, when they're in real combat, they're fighting and it's in their minds that they're saving their brothers and so on. So, okay, that's fine. In a mass shooter situation, if you've walked into a space, you don't know anyone there. You know, you're fighting for your own survival, I guess. Uh, it is weird that people would think that they can just flip that on and suddenly do that. But a lot of people do freeze. And I don't just mean shooter situations. I mean, like, all kinds of perilous situations. There's a certain number of people who just freeze. Uh, and yeah, some prior training can get you past it. Obviously, you know, first responders are supposed to not do that. And then what do we have going on down there in Texas is it seems to me that there are some first responders who kind of got their feet sort of super glued to the floor. Um, that investigation is ongoing, but for citizens who aren't even trained, we presume that people in the first responders are trained in what to do in shooting situations. But you, me, I'm not trained. It's catch as catch can in the real world. Yeah, I would not love to be in that situation. And I do not trust anybody who thinks of a situation like that and is excited about the prospect of it. Yeah, that's uh, it's whack. I also sent you that clipping, I think, about the woman who was in two mass shootings. And survive both. Yeah, you did. My <laughs> God, I would never leave my house again. Yeah. She's on lockdown. She's like, hey, do I get some coffee? Uh, no, thanks. Um, 
I could pick something up and leave it at your door. And uh, we could <laughs> Skype or something if you want. But no, I don't want to go out with you ever. She uh, probably stays in her basement so that she yeah. doesn't get, like, grazed by a stray bullet in a drive-by shooting. Yeah. Tinder has asked her to please no longer use that platform. <laughs> just for the safety of other users. I need an oh, angel we should be, we should be thinking about that. <sighs> oh man, I just like, I don't know if she's the luckiest person alive or the unluckiest. I know, right? I'm sure she can see an upside and a downside. Yeah, man, there's no way she's okay. Yeah, we've done quite a few of these, quite a few of these, uh, night shows now and i think tonight i'm just noticing is the first night where it has not been so cloudy i can actually see stars above me it's different i've got a Which real ones? oh i'm not good enough for that other than like the big dipper maybe in orion's belt i can probably find the north star that is definitely an airplane over there um no i'm not real i'm not real great at that stuff do you know uh, that mercury just came out of retrograde on the second I was not aware of that. Please don't ask me what it means, um, but it happened. Okay. Well, there's no uh, there's no consensus on what it means. That's the problem. There's no internal consensus. Oh, so. good. I mean, I just don't know anything about it at all. I just know that mm. whenever it goes into retrograde or comes out, everybody on Twitter is like, ah, and I'm just like, hmm, I wonder what that is in reference to. Why is everybody in peril? Shared psychosis. <laughs> yeah, it's different tonight. It's a different. It's a different vibe here now that I can actually see the vault of the sky. One of these nights, I'm going to come down here, and there's going to be somebody else walking. I'm just going to be like, uh, I'm going to nope out now. I like the solitary aspect of this. It's cool, but I don't need other companions here with me. Yeah, no, that would be really weird at three in the morning. I feel like you would both just be very uncomfortable. Yeah, I wouldn't say this is rural out here, but it's hardly urban. Um, you know, some obviously many places you would expect to see people out, but not right now. Not here, not now. I don't think I see cars go by mostly the whole time I'm walking. It's pretty mm, Probably dead. not. It's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, people go, people do things. I mean, there's bakeries that are opening up in the morning and so on. You got to get there early and make the stuff. Somebody's uh, I was work. just going to ask you, like, yeah. is there even anything around that area that would require people to be up this early? But you just answered that question. Yeah, I think bakeries start earlier than a lot of other places. And there are a few bakeries around here. Um, some restaurants have a lot of prep work to do for breakfast rush and so on. So that's going on. There are places like, you know, supermarkets and so on and Walmarts out here and Targets and so on. I'm sure they I'm sure they stock around the clock. They have crews at night to do that. I don't know of any any much in the way of third shift manufacturing. That doesn't mean it's not happening. I'm just not aware of it. Obviously, hospitals, emergency rooms are always open. Nursing staff is always working on certain floors. You know, firefighters are working. Police are technically working. Um, newspapers have to get out there. Some uh, postal service workers going around the clock, setting up, you know, delivery trucks that go up and down the highways. It's like there is stuff going on. 
but right here in my particular little area here, you you know, want to draw a radius around me, you'd have to go pretty far out, I think, to find somebody doing any work right at this moment. It is pretty deadsville. So that's cool. You're in much the same situation though. I mean, where you are, it's pretty, not pretty urban at all. It's just kind of exurbia. So. Mm, there's that train station. It makes for mm -hmm. a lot of very strange activity at unusual hours. Mm -hmm. There are definitely times where people just like walk past my street screaming and it's like, mm. oh, all right. <laughs> I don't love it. Yeah. No, I don't know. I would never go out walking at this hour. Maybe it's because yeah. you're a dude or whatever, but it would not be a thing that I did. Copy. I don't need to get kidnapped. No, no, that would not be good. Because we're usually texting at this hour. I'd be like, I'd be getting the uh, live feed. What can I do? I can't help. <laughs> You'd hey, be like, did you pull. fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> New phone, who dis? <laughs> now, as a guy, is that something you ever worry about? Are you ever in a situation where you're like, oh, wow, I could like totally get kidnapped or something right now? No, no, I do not worry about that. I mean, if I was in a, you know, another country, maybe where Western business people are kidnapped. Yes. But in North America, I think it's a very slim chance of that happening. And if it is, my life has gone very, very wrong. <laughs> really okay. bad. All right. So there's no kidnapping fear. Um, how about just like getting robbed or something? Well, again, you know, at this particular longitude and latitude, that's a, I don't think there's been a crime around here in a very long time. Um, a real true violent crime in the you know, particular neck of the woods I'm in. Pretty rare, uh, at least in terms of public facing. I'm sure there's domestic violence that goes on, but you know, that's inside the walls. Once you're out of your house and out of your yard, it's a very low risk area that I'm in. And I'm, I'm fortunate in that way, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm aware that many people in this country do not have that advantage. There's plenty of places where you walk inside your house, you may catch a bullet. This is not one of them. So, or be robbed, not one of them. Not, you know, not something I concern myself with really at all. Um, maybe I'm being naive, but I just don't hear any, you know, I don't hear of that happening around here. Man, that's got to be so nice. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I leave a bar and walk into a parking garage and if i hear any like footsteps or anybody else's keys jingling i'm just like oh man i gotta <laughs> hold my my key like a dagger and try to stab somebody in the eyes with this if they get too close to me mm -hmm. yeah i just immediately go into like fight mode and yeah. i don't want to like look behind me because you know i'm like is it too obvious if i turn around but yeah i don't know just a lot of a lot of situations like once the sun goes down i'm just like forget it i don't even like to be in the grocery store parking lot once it's dark yeah well no, I it's don't know. maybe i'm just a baby or something you know like if something has to be done and i have to go out i will do it it doesn't actively keep me indoors but you know, 
I'm that person who like runs to my car and then as soon as I get in, like immediately locks it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in here and someone's going to rip my door open or jump into the back seat or I'll be stopped at a red light and someone will do something crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, we call it operational security and it's good to have. No hard, you know, all these things I've said, it, I've said it in different postures. I don't think I've said it on the air, but you know, the oftentimes the cost of a little bit of safety is very, very low. And even though the risk is not high, if the cost is very low, it doesn't cost you anything to lock your door once you get in your car. So why wouldn't you? If you can train yourself to do that kind of thing, it's good operational security. Having a, you know, having situational awareness not just wandering out to your car in a daze, not you, but if one wanders out to their car in a daze, that's the person who's more likely to get mugged. And I, I don't mean a daze like they've been hit on the head. I just mean like head in the clouds, not really thinking about the surroundings, not, you know, not picking the better pathway to the car with the most light and so on. Just simple yeah, stuff. Yeah, like headphones in, shit like that. Yep, yep, exactly. Looking at the phone, not being situationally aware. The cost of situational awareness, low. The benefits, high. Why not do it? I mean, I don't know, I'm not a military guy, but also as I'm walking around this track, I mean, I don't think I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, anyone's gonna sneak up on me. I do look around me. I'm aware that I'm by myself. If somebody was here, I would be aware of it pretty damn quickly. And also think it was really weird. Um, I don't wanna be the first guy on stereo who gets mugged <laughs> in real time in one of the safest places in the world. <laughs> that would not be that would not be a feather in my cap. So let's make sure that does not happen. And that begins with situational awareness. But yeah, there's a low cost. It's just part of the thing about having a gun, right? For those people who are so motivated, by the time you need one, too late. You can't go get one. Oh, we have a message from I heard TV it. in Texas. Yay! Slippers EC, I see you, and I'm coming. I'm coming for you, Slippers EC. I'm right behind you. <gasps> Don't turn around. That's cool. I, you know, I would say my my own diabolism is my shield of protection from evil mishaps. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> like at this point, I feel like I've made it to thirty. Nothing bad has happened to me, you know, and. It's cool. I like that. But I would feel so vindicated if something ever, like, low-key did. Like, if someone ever tries to rip my door open at a stoplight or, like, a red light or something, I'm going to be like, I fucking knew it. You know? Yeah. It's like I kind of, I don't wish it on myself, but, like, I would walk around for the rest of my life being like, I knew that there was a reason that I have been paranoid. Like everybody told me I was crazy, but it happened and I was ready. I was prepared. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not something you take lightly. I mean, people, people are victims of crimes in this country. We worry about it a lot as a nation. You just, you saw the, um, the episode we did where we looked at the things that Americans are concerned with. And I believe that, you know, concern with criminal activity was pretty high on the list. That included Democrats and Republicans and independents altogether. There was, you know, there was concern about that. Yeah, I mean, I, as well there should be, you know. 
it's pretty much the shittiest thing in the world to have to acknowledge that like you can just be minding your own business and be thrust into a situation where someone's like at best trying to just take your wallet or something you know yeah that's your best case scenario it really is like there's no guarantee that you giving someone your wallet doesn't mean that they don't you know shoot you or stab you anyways and i mean sometimes it's even worse than that and you're just like in your home and you know there's there's gang violence and they don't know to use hollow point bullets so it's like piercing through your wall and hitting you and it's like okay well that person was doing nothing wrong like you're laying in bed and you get shot like that's crazy yeah the injustice and it and it it affects all sorts of people and kids and, and it's it's a it's a it's a crazy world we live in in a crazy country there there used to be a book that was published um a few different editions came out of a very interesting book called the world's most dangerous places published by a guy named um well i'm not the publisher but the author was a guy named pelton he might have published a few of the early volumes himself but i mean the premise was that he and a, a group of um fairly intrepid travelers many of them with ex-military experience would actually go and determine you know where in the world was dangerous usually war zones were the worst and they'd go travel around and report back on like if you have to be here here's how you can survive and it was pretty fascinating as a book and had a lot of very very key information in it um bring it up because at one point if you went by this by the numbers and you had war zones like afghanistan and the lakes region and um western africa and places like colombia with you know a lot of um cartel activity down there um they you know they went to these places and, and evaluated them and the United States in certain parts of this country were not, you know, were not much safer um, than a lot of those places. And I'm talking about, you know, the East St. Louis kind of situation, Liberty City in Miami and so on. Some very dangerous places in the U.S. You didn't have to go overseas uh, and you still don't to get into some pretty sticky places in this country. It's not, you know, not the same everywhere. And you said earlier, when we, when we just started talking about this, you said, you know, what, thinking about just how, you know, what a delightful privilege it is to, to live in a part of the country where crime is not a major concern. And I don't take that lightly. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for being able to live here. Uh, it's a totally different world. There's various, you know, pieces of wisdom you pick up in your life, right? As, as they say, you know, if you don't have your health, you don't have any, anything. That's, I believe that's true. Having been around some pretty unhealthy people, uh, they're ruined. And so it is also, you know, with your personal safety. If you want to be happy, you have to feel safe. It's just not possible for people to be unsafe and feel happy for any length of time. So it's a great privilege and not one to just, you know, take lightly. It's true. Like, I often wonder if I could be a dude for, I don't know, maybe a week. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think a day would be long enough to mm -hmm. really get into the swing of being a man. But I wonder if my behaviors would change, you know? Like, I don't think I would do anything super reckless, but I wonder if I would be more confident about being in the world. 
Hmm. You know, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if I would be like a very skittish man. <laughs> right. I wonder well, what kind of what kind of frame are we giving you? Are we, are you making you like? Are we making you like like a narrow hummingbird-like frame? Or are we giving you a big, strapping, broad shoulders <laughs> frame? Are you six foot six? Uh, or are you five foot nothing? Um, it does. <laughs> it does make a difference, I think, to dudes. <laughs> Um, not that there aren't some small guys who know how to handle themselves, but um, it, I was going to say probably... I would bet that every small guy knows a thing or two. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some guys who go through their whole lives and never get into a fight um, at all at all different sizes, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I don't think it's possible to really generalize. But um, yeah, I mean, you might yeah, you might know. have a different outlook. You might have a different outlook. I, I having always been. A, Sorry? If I was like a little short, I don't know. If I was like 5'10", not like super buff, but I don't know, average build. If I just looked like someone that wasn't a super easy target, but wasn't like some juice head either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you might have a different attitude about things. I mean, but at the same time, right? And not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be like um, on a different always going the opposite direction you're right but okay so i'm a pretty average guy i'm very much the average height i'm very much you know i'm not super imposing but i'm not small either but anybody with a gun is stronger than me right you talk about going to the car and locking the doors well guess what you know i try to remember to lock the door too because somebody somebody walks up to you opens the door gets in your car they have a gun what are you going to do right <laughs> you're done so it's not like it's not I don't know this necessarily just I mean, yes, women are more targets than men, obviously, for a number of reasons. But you can't just assume like, oh, I'm, I'm impervious if you're a man in a world where Very guns true. are so easy and available at any point. You may be on the wrong end of one. So it's not you're not living in a perfect uh, cocoon of safety just because you have, you know, X, Y chromosomes. Did we get another uh, some more input? Am Hell I still yeah, being followed? <laughs> Maybe she's gaining on you. Let's find out. Slippers, I can tell you what a guy told me. It was like being a guy. And this guy told me that every time he met a woman, somebody of the opposite sex, the first thing he thought of is would he lay her? Would he want to lay her? That's the first thing that goes through his mind. So that's what it's like being a guy. Uh, you're wondering if you're going to get some or if you want to get some from a particular person and you're wondering where you can get a hamburger, meat, potatoes, and uh, how to relieve your bladder. Because another guy told me that men cannot hold their piss like women do. (laughs) It's amazing what we can do. I don't want to be a guy for a second. What would I do if somebody got into the car with a gun? Um, Die? I would probably look them in the eye and not at the gun that I would try to knock out of their hand and divert and make it go off someplace else or just scare the shit out of them. Like, I don't want to be predictable. I don't want to be a pussy. So I'm going to fight going down. I mean, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me. Don't don't hold a gun at me pretending like you know how to use it or that you're going to use it. 
And I'm going to try to knock it out of their hand. I'm going to like look them in the eye. And I'm going to try to wrestle the thing out of their hand. And maybe shoot them. I don't know. I'm a hero. <laughs> you know, I was thinking a little bit about it. And I think if someone got in my car with a gun and was like, drive me places, I would crash the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if that's like, you know, because what are the chances that they're going to get into my car and put a seatbelt on? Like, <laughs> so you're, you're in my car. <laughs> You have a gun pointed at me. Like, you're probably not putting a seatbelt on. So I think that when they were like, okay, drive the car. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how absurd it is that you're going to get into the passenger seat and pull a gun on someone and tell them, drive the car. You know, like, I would just drive like a maniac and either get pulled over for speeding or, yeah, I don't know, you know. I can definitely figure out how to crash a car in a way that's going to fuck up the passenger seat and not me. Well, particularly if they're not seatbelted like you are. Well, exactly. And I don't think they would be. I really don't think that anybody who's like trying to carjack someone or even worse, like, I suppose that's not carjacking because you're not taking the car. You're also taking the person. I just can't even imagine like, I would never get into someone's passenger seat that I didn't know and be like, yeah, I'm going to trust you at the wheel. It's like world's dumbest fucking criminal. Like <laughs> neither of us should want to be in that situation. You should not want someone you're holding a gun on driving like a five ton vehicle. And, you know, I don't want to drive you anywhere either. I would be so upset. If someone was like, drive me here, I'd be like, are you sure you don't just want to take the fucking keys and tell me to get out? I'll call you an Uber, dude. It's not that hard. <laughs> like, how about you take the car and drive? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what would be the reason for you not wanting to drive? You don't have a license. You're fucking holding a gun on me. That's the least of the crimes that you're committing at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly have not put as much thought into it as clearly, um, um, Avian Texas has thought this through, and you, you seem to have, uh, have some reflections. I'm sure there's some conventional wisdom in what you do. I wonder that you don't just pop the door open and roll out and just try to run away. What are they going to do, sit there and be like, you know, shoot at you? What's the advantage then? You're already out of the car. You're gone. Um, well, I don't know. It just kind of strikes me that, you know, you're like, oh, I haven't put a thought into this. And, you know, KV yeah. and Texas and I are both like, nah, man, fuck this. We've thought about this extensively. This is exactly what we would do. Yeah. Like, this situation has been a mind movie. So, yeah, earlier when I was like, I don't know, you don't feel, like, weird walking around by yourself. And you're like, no. It really did just make me be like, I cannot imagine a world where that was the case. You know what I mean? Every time I walk by myself, I'm like, oh, man, like. Am I going to have to fight someone right now? Yeah, I mean, it may to some extent just have to be with the nature of the place where I am. It's not, you know, there are parts of the country where I'll be very uptight walking. And probably, no, already, but like, probably already have had many problems by now. It's just I this just place is... I don't know, even if I was alone at where you are at like a track, 
and there was nobody there, I'd be like, well, there could be somebody here. You know yeah. what I mean? I would yeah, be like, yeah. is there some like random, you know, robber in the bushes? Like, I don't know. Well, I come here often enough. Somebody could observe me. So there's somebody out, you know, some some weirdo running around town trying to peek on people or something and they could have noticed my pattern i could be vulnerable i don't think so but you know it's not it's a long shot but there's it's a weird world weird stuff happens you just don't know um again i said i haven't i haven't considered that scenario about the gun gunpoint thing so much um i haven't fixated on it all i'm saying for the sake of you know just you know trying to be trying to think it through i'm sure somebody has studied the question on some level or some, you know, some self-proclaimed self-defense expert. There's a lot of them out there, um, you know, who will claim they, they can tell you what to do in all these situations. I'm generally skeptical uh, that most plans that people have fall apart. When you see somebody, you know, on a stage or, you know, in a dojo or something using a dummy gun that their um, colleague is holding and showing you how they can disarm the person through being, you know, authoritative and, and and quick and strong and knowing pressure points and joint locks and so on i'm generally inclined to believe that in the real world they're probably going to get shot up pretty bad maybe not maybe there are some true badasses out there who can pull it off maybe some of it's luck i don't know but i just wouldn't assume that there's any strategy you know is going to be more optimal than any other necessarily among the things that seem reasonable every situation is different every you know is a person who's trying to get you to drive somewhere is it is this their first crime are they experienced with crime are they calm are they up are they are they tweaked out so many variables so many variables just not something i can i can look at and speculate on and say i would do x and i think that would work i have no idea it's out in the realm of the highly highly uh speculative for me now this is of course as we say the tagline for the slipper show right the new home of groundless speculation so we are free to groundlessly speculate I just think when we do it, we should admit that we're being groundless speculators. Very true. We have yeah. another voice message. Oh, terrific. Okay, terrific. Yeah, let's see where it goes. I'm riding the wave, man. Yep. I've got my seatbelt on and the door locked like we are supposed to do in a vehicle. But I forgot to lock the passenger door. So the guy slips in through the passenger door and he has a knife or a gun. And he says, you're going to be my bitch. You're going to do what I say. And I'm going to be like, no, I'm not. You're my bitch. And then I'm going to, you know, say, you know, you didn't put your seatbelt on. And and then I'm going to crash the car and he's not going to have a seatbelt on and He's going to go through the windshield, just like Slippers TBD would do. I've learned something tonight. That's what you got to do, man. You got to make sure you always have a seatbelt on, you know, yeah. you got to, <laughs> that should be the campaign of like states that are like, click it or ticket. No, man, you should be like, you need to wear a seatbelt. In case some fucker tries to carjack you, <laughs> so that you can inflict maximum damage to the other person and not yourself. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have to have a message here. It's important that we do that. It's our, you know, if we save even one life tonight, we, we've done our job. <laughs> I mean, and I think 
I think we have, you know what yeah. I mean? I oh, think yeah. it's a solid strategy huh? if you, you know, maybe want to just align your car in a way that your passenger side gets T-boned if someone's got a gun pointed in your vicinity. Like, I just can't get past how dumb it is as a criminal to keep yourself in, like, a contained space with a person that you could just very easily be like, give me your car. You know, I don't know. I guess criminals aren't the smartest people, so maybe that's, like, the easiest explanation for it. But I have a hard enough time getting into the car with, like, people I know and semi-trust because people drive like shit. You know, I sit in the passenger seat grinding my teeth to fucking powder, wondering if I'm going to be in some sort of fender bender or highway emergency. So for me, getting into a car with a total stranger that I am basically making a nervous wreck would just be something that didn't happen. Hmm. Well, I tell you all the time. I'm like, oh my god, you drive like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I tell and you all might... the time. <laughs> Where's the long list of uh, infractions <laughs> and you know insurance claims? I'm doing okay. Okay. Um... <laughs> many, many years on the road. Many, many miles. Many, many. I'm okay. okay. But also at the same time. I have been in a vehicle with you recently several times, and there is at least one thing that you do each time where I'm like, this man is going to get me killed. Hmm. Yet it never happens. Not yet it hasn't happened. Okay. Well, we just have to keep rolling those dice, rolling those bones. Did we get oh, another no. message? Yeah, we did. Okay. Let's just let's just get it get it moving here. Just as I say, okay, terrific. Let's hear from KV from Texas. <laughs> That's like your catchphrase. Okay, okay terrific. terrific. You know what? I'm I'm way ahead. I have a car that nobody would want to steal. <laughs> Not in a million years would anybody want to steal my car. Go ahead, ask me what kind of car I drive. I'm gonna guess a Kia. Um, I'm gonna guess a Daewoo. Uh, they don't make them anymore here in this country. They're gone. How about that? Mm, what could be worse than that? Lower value in the market. I don't know. <laughs> no. We've had it. We've had a weird night here, TBD. This what about just... a Toyota Corolla? There's nothing oh. wrong with them. That's I one of the like most stolen cars of all there's just so many of them and they're so you know they're so ubiquitous hmm. let's find out what kind of car oh nope this is somebody else um we have a message from crackhead og wolf <laughs> bring so, it hi yeah <laughs> i remember the time i was choking one of my victims out yeah <laughs> Okay. And his motherfucker. That's enough of that. Choking um, on the victims out. Okay, tough guy. That was that was not okay. Well, East Coast, it has happened. Yep. <laughs> 
And I then you, love that. And then you click on the avatar, and you get a nice little smile and a wave. It's, uh, <sighs> That's it's, a it's, it's the overnight show, you know. It's it's the late night hours we keep. We're gonna we're gonna have these experiences. We knew that going into this thing. We took our chances. We rolled. Okay, the dice. yeah, but I still don't love it. I don't know. So. Don't choke people. I don't know. I don't really know how to respond to that. Don't have victims. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> We're not here to make each other victims. We're supposed to be making the world a better place. For God's sake, it's good to be nice. It is. It's good to be nice. Just get your heart right. For God's sakes. It's not that hard. It's not that hard of a message. Oh, okay. All right, Katie. It's trolling. I know. It's bound to happen. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It is. It still sucks ass, though. Yeah, I mean, I think you call it for what it is. But at the same time, like, in my experience, when somebody is doing something wrong, pointing them out as doing something wrong is probably the best medicine. And really, it's just that whole, you know, Oh, we talked about this. There was a, I had this discussion, I think maybe on the on the podcast, um, slippershow.com. At some point, did we talk about a Stephen King novel? And I had the wrong one. I thought it was to, I thought it was one. It was another. It might have been Tommyknockers. But I thought um, it was yeah, I thought it was, it was it. It, but it was Tommyknockers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So setting the stage, it's a it's a group of young boys. Uh, it's summertime or something. They're not being supervised. Oh, you know what? No, it wasn't Tommy Knockers. It was Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, they're, they're unsupervised. They're 11 or 12 or 13 years old. I think they're trying to, um, they've heard there's like a, 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 a men's magazine cache behind some factory or something. They're, they're gone. They're looking for a little bit of low key mischief and they come around the corner and they find the proverbial older bully boys are torturing this kid who's developmentally dis- delayed, whose name I think is Douglas. Duddis. Duddis, yes. That's why he says it, because he's, he's, he's got a speech impediment. And the, one of the boys has a baseball glove on. He's trying, to, he's trying to force this kid to eat some dog shit. And the way that Stephen King, who well, a writer we both like a lot, handles it is he sort of describes this, the, the kid the lead kids just appalled confusion at what he's seeing. And, um, and the kid just like, he sort of stammers, just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And there are just so many things in the world where I just feel like that's my posture. I'm looking at somebody doing something. It's bad. They're doing something really like, you know, in like evil and like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And that goes everywhere down from, you know, Vladimir Putin right now. It's just okay to like destroy another country entirely. What, is, what are you thinking? To you know, down to local, you know, domestic violence situations, the most local crime you can get. Um, it's not, it's not any different impulse to look at that and just say with the same appalled confusion, what are these people thinking? How is this? You know, how is how do you think this is right in any possible way? There's that Philip Haley quote, right, about cruelty and the desire to hide cruelty from the public that institutions that commit cruelty have, because it spares the public from that uncomfortable moment of having to do 
you know, something, you know, to, trying to justify the unjustifiable, the smashing of the weak by the powerful. That's, you know, to me, if there's a, if there's a, we talked about the meaning of life, the movie the other night, right? But the meaning of life, you know, to understand things like, you cannot justify the unjustifiable. You cannot justify the smashing of the weak by the powerful. And if you're trying to do that, again, your heart's not right. It's not going to, you may, you may get away with it on some level, but ethically you're a wreck, you're ruined, your soul is destroyed. And it just, I don't know, maybe we need more, more, more effort to bring that out to people and, and bring it to people's attention and to just force people to really confront, you know, we just come to accept evil, the, you know, that phrase from the Hannah Arendt, right? The, uh, the banality of evil. If you get right down to it, you know, it's people just being able to, able to accept that it's, that, that, that they're not going to, you know, people, people, the world's a bad place because people won't stand up for what's right has been one of my opinions for a long time. It's hard to be courageous. It's hard to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. But if more people did it, if, you know, it would get easier for all of us. I don't know. I guess I'm saying don't let the little, don't let the little stuff slide. Maybe, maybe that's where it begins. I'm a, I'll get off my soapbox. I'd like to hear what you think. We've lost our listeners, which is fine with me. They were kind of zeros tonight. One was way worse than the others. But what do you want to do? What do you want to say to close it up, T? What are you thinking? I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't even see the point of trolling like that. You know what I mean? Like, if it was clever or something, yeah. I think maybe I would be able to appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, it was imbecilic. Yeah, but people who just, you know, come out of nowhere and just like say stupid shit. It's like, all right, you know, don't cut yourself on that edge. You know, it's like, what did it, what did it contribute? It wasn't funny. It wasn't clever. Like, I give that zero stars. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, it was. It was low rent. Yeah, it was not, it was not good. Uh, we can't let it run tonight, though, you know. We, we keep doing these shows. We, we're going to have mixed bags of experience. Uh, I hope that somewhere, you know, in refining our thinking and getting our positions together, you know, if anyone ever listens to this, something hits like, oh, yeah, that's right. We should be nice. Be nice to each other. That's all we're saying. It's yeah, not, I mean, you it's know, not rocket that's science. just how you got to deal with it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't even think that our response to that was you know, out of pocket in any way. Like, it's not like we booted him out of the room or whatever. I mean, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to listen to that and I'm not going to, but, you know, it's not like we piled on. No. no. Well, I'm just of the opinion that, like, if you're going to troll, it should be clever. And if you're going to tell a joke, it should be funny. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, the principle of comedy. The more the more risky the material you're going for, the more certain you better be that it's actually going to hit as funny. For well, you and know, that's the, the thing, you know, you don't even have to you don't even have to appreciate a joke to be able to concede. Okay, this was very clever, or you know, I can see that you you put some time into this, and it wasn't just some you know some shitlord behavior. Yeah, juvenile. I mean, there are some there are some there is some comedy that's just really the work of craft. Um, it's almost engineered in a way. 
And that's, you know, that's another thing. But just, you know, not even amateur hour level stuff, clown college level stuff like tonight is just, uh, it just doesn't have a place. So anyway, we exit out. That's fine. We did what we had to do. And we go from there. So we're going to let it go here, I think. I think, yeah, lame. I think we run out the (laughs) clock now. Um, We're going to. um, That was a quick hour. Oh yeah, flew right by. Um, I don't. I keep meaning to like keep track of how far I'm actually walking, and I just by number, by lap six, I'm already, I'm already sort of losing count. You know, I get inside the show. The show gets inside my head. Well, why don't you I'm just go even... into um, your your leg like, activity thing on the phone? It should tell you how far you've gone. Oh, eh, is that an app I have to uh, use? <laughs> you need a young person to help you. Definitely, because that is not, um, I actually, um, I turned on Google Maps for the first time the other night, because um, that GPS was letting me down. My my 2010 GPS is now out of date in enough places that I don't consider it reliable. So You're I'm using have to Google Maps and not just like Apple Maps that should already be on your phone? I guess. I can get rid of it. I, I you know. You're, so you're the IT department around here. You're the IT department. You're <laughs> falling down on the job. You let me get away with that? I mean, I can't help it because you're stubborn <laughs> and you won't download apps. I had to explain to you what a QR code was and how to scan it. And then I didn't even trust you. So I made you show me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, for the record, I didn't know what a QR code was before you showed me. Okay, I Use know one you knew what different. it was, but right. <laughs> I remember you texting me and being like, I have to drop this off today, and I'm supposed to scan a QR code. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you stepped up beautifully. Thank you again. You're welcome. And, I and it was the same with my... parking. You know, <laughs> we're trying to park in Boston, and you're like, I'm going to feed the meter. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Let me just look up (laughs) what zone we're in and I'll just pay it on my card. And for some reason, you are just, you're dead set against it. They are the most convenient things ever. And you're like, no, I don't like that. I don't, I feel in a lot of ways we're getting, I mean, this is a topic for another show, right? And we can tease it here, I guess a bit, but there's a logic behind what I'm saying. You know, where we have these creeping technologies that are just getting more and more insidious. There's tracking, there's just control of, you know. So at that point, right, where you lose social credit points in China and the government just says, we're going to stop let, letting you use your phone and your apps. So now you just can't park because all the, all the, like, it's a form of social control. And we give away a little bit of our freedom for convenience, right? But we don't realize what we're giving away possibly is all of our freedom down the road because everything just gets looped through these systems that can then be controlled against us. The idea of a cashless society greatly weakens the autonomy of the individual. And yet people push for that, like it's gonna be some great advantage for us all. Uh, you know, our, our human rights are at stake. And that's why I try to give as little as I can and hold out as long as possible before I fold in on something like that. And you know, maybe at the beginning, if we'd all push back against it, we wouldn't have this crap and we still have to use coins to work meters and it might be inefficient, 
But the government, as long as they're minting coins and I get my hands on coins, I can still use the meter. Once they can shut down my phone remotely and I can't park there, I'm in trouble. And that's, a, that's one scenario, but there are others that you can, you can expand out into. So I really don't think that it's just a, a happenstance um, objection that I'm just so, I'm just, ira- I'm just curmudgeonly. I just don't like apps. I don't understand them. No, I think there's an argument behind it. And Uber, another one, um, you know, yeah, it's convenient in that occasion, but the, it's exploitative. People are basically borrowing against the value of their cars. And then they find out that they didn't make any money for the year, but their car went down in value. Um, and Uber got richer and the government, the, the tax base that we used to pay for roads and schools got eroded because it wasn't, you know, it's not cool. And how did that happen? It happened because we have legalized bribery in this country and a company that got a huge amount of venture capital behind it was able to go into markets, drop money on politicians, have them pass legislation that ended up being a negative for the entire population, made a few people rich as all hell, you know, and worked against our best interests. And we're also busy trying to make money and pay off our, our own mortgages and we let this stuff happen. Don't people don't pay attention to local elections generally? It's 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 sketchy at best, and you go you get the government you deserve if you're not completely nerding out on local politics. You have no idea what's going on. So my ranting and my and my resistance <laughs> and my objection, I would argue, is not just completely random. I think it's I think it's principled, and I'm probably pulling too hard against this stuff and maybe I overstate the risk and maybe I overstate the uh, importance of it, but I'm trying to err on the side of caution here and not, you know, and when eventually it does come down to the fact that we've gone too far with this stuff, I at least will be able to say comfortably, I did my best to, you know, at least voice my opinion on it and not participate as much as I could. But it encroaches at some point, right? When you cannot get a cab anywhere in a major city, in the middle of the night and you have to use Uber if you don't want to, you know, end up getting washed away in a flood, then you're stuck. Then they win. But I grew up in a time where you could just call a cab and it worked. It didn't not work. You could get a cab. I drove a cab. I mean, I was, you certainly I, I on, tried. I, oh, I did. I called a bunch of cab companies. And like I said, also, you know, I, I worked for a cab company. It worked. It was fine. People needed rides. They called the dispatcher. I went out. I got the ride and it was someone else's vehicle and the tax stuff was above board hundred percent. What was wrong with that? Why did that need fixing? What was wrong with that? It was fine. True. I mean, I don't know. I've never, I've never needed to take a taxi, so I'm not well versed on how that was or what happened to it, but yeah, I don't know using that example, like, we didn't expect to have to take an Uber. I mean, how, while I was letting you make phone calls for a cab, I had to download the fucking app and be like, ma'am, how do I make this shit work? I hope it does. It's pouring uh-huh. buckets. It's like lightning out here. We're two miles from the fucking car. What are we going to do? But, you know. Right. And you could, say, you could say Uber think- saved the day. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I don't know. I just think, you know, if it's unavoidable, what are you going to do? But I don't make it, you know, a common practice to no. pay into something that's exploitative. No, 
but well, yeah, no. I don't know. Maybe we should just do it like 50, 50. <laughs> Maybe I don't, I just don't carry coins around because it's like, well, this is annoying and loud and they're dirty. And you know, I like being able to be like, Oh fuck, I'm in this bar, you know, not really close to my car. I don't want to have to run back out to the meter. Like, I guess if I was going somewhere for like a, a definitely finite amount of time, I would not mind, you know, feeding a meter, but we, we've got a fucking parking ticket in Cambridge, like three minutes after the meter expired. Granted, yeah, that, that was because we couldn't like put anything else back on it, but yeah, oh shit, meter. we have messages that I have not been listening to. Okay, before we jump on that, can I just quickly, I don't want to lose the thread here, and just say that, you know, you could, one could take a view and say, well, Uber was useful to us at that time because they took care of the problem, but Uber created the problem. There was a thriving yes, cab, yeah, there was a thriving cab business in a major city that Uber and Lyft and so on destroyed. And they, yeah, they disrupted. And in doing so, again, they destroyed the tax base. They exploited the workers. They made a very few people wealthy. They bribed politicians. It's nothing good about it. It's one of those themes for that show I still want to do about why did we let this happen? It's an obviously bad idea on every level. Yet we all just sat by and it happened. Again, I think it's just because we get so busy just trying to, you can count on every, just about every single individual in society having so much crap going on in their lives. Even the people who are good at doing things, even the people who are efficient, the people who run factories, the people who do surgery, the people who fly planes, the people who are, you know, who are, who are uh, flight attendants on the plane, the people who are nurses and support staff in the OR room. I'm not just going with the people at the top of the pyramid. There's lots of competent people out there and we're all too busy just trying to keep our heads above water to be really be policing everything. And it's just unfortunate that our, our, our system of government gets broken so badly because of, you know, not necessarily apathy, just people not having the, the bandwidth in their lives to focus on that stuff and people get the government they deserve. Anyway, if you want to play some of that noise, let's, let's do it up. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> okay. So are you two lovers? Is that why you decided to do a podcast together? And he's doing his walk and you're waiting for him at home. And and you decided, hey, let's do a show. I'm doing my walk and you don't want to walk. You want to be inside because you're afraid you're going to get mugged or something. Even when you're with slippers, you see, because he's not concerned about it. Am I right? Am I wrong? <laughs> you're you you're are wrong. wrong. <laughs> I am I am TVD's dad and we live a long way apart from each other. If I have to walk to if I have to walk to my daughter's house, it's gonna be a couple of days till I get there. So uh, we are far away from each other. No, thank you for your, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your thoughts and concerns, but uh, no. Next question. The reason Uber exists wasn't to fix anything. It was to fill a void. Uh, cab companies would only work a certain way, a, cert a certain amount. Um, you know, you have to go use the cab company's vehicles and, and um, they're very high profile vehicles. Um, uh, you know, and they have to meet at a central location. And Uber, 
you know, you're using your own private vehicle as an extra income that you could have and you don't have to follow the rules of an employee, your contract. It, it wasn't fixing taxis. It was helping people make an income on the side. It's a side hustle. You're already picking up your friends anyway. You might as well charge them for it. Uh, do you have anything to say, TBD? Um, no, again, I don't, I don't know. Before I go that. off, <laughs> I just want to, about... give you a, to give you a shot, you know. Uber and, and what cabbing used to be like. Yeah, I mean that was complete nonsense. It wasn't. It wasn't solving a problem in in the major cities. Maybe in rural situations, I don't know. But in cities like New York and Los Angeles, where Uber started, cabs ran twenty four hours a day. There was no. There was no problem. They did. It wasn't like. It wasn't like you couldn't get a cab at three a.m. in New York City, and Uber solved that problem by having people do that. And it is absolutely established that Uber drivers are going to end up. At the very, at the very best, make, making making so little money, or breaking even, or if not losing money, by the time they pay their own taxes through 1099s, and then they waste down their car as a resource, driving people around. They, you know, they it's essentially taking a loan against the value of your car, and then the value of your car goes down eventually, and you pay taxes, and you find out you did nothing. You may, you, you at very best, stayed even. That's the truth for almost all Uber drivers, almost all Lyft drivers. Terrible, terrible. Uh, situation. It's not a solution to anything. It's a it's a problem that was created. Yes, there are there were some deals with the medallions, particularly in a big city like New York, where the medallions got very very expensive and there was corruption involved. Okay, I'll give you that. That was that would have been easy to fix if there was a political will to do so. But instead, now we have this oligarchic. Um, I mean, look at the name of the damn company, Uber. For Christ's sake. Um, just you know, we're we're just you know we're just the peons. We're just the peasants. Letting our, our overlords, you know, rule our lives. It's a bad system. It's a it's a mistake. We shouldn't have let it happen. We should go back and fix it now. I will tell you right off the top, I think every single goddamn Uber executive is a criminal and should be imprisoned. We claw back the wealth they stole from the taxpayers and we make the world right. But, you know, as I keep on saying, no one gives a shit what I think anyway, so here we are. The world's fucked up. <laughs> All right. Um I think we have one more message from oh great from kv okay hit us dude you're not listening you're just listening to yourself talk this is what happens to people that get on stereo it wasn't to solve a problem it was to fill a void somebody wasn't getting picked up at and I drove for a cab company. You're not the only person that drove for a cab company. I know what they're like. They suck. All right? I don't want to be in a cab. They're, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about with the Ukraine either. Shut her down. It's over. Bye. With the Ukraine? Oh, okay. Now she's going to. Okay. I, I mentioned Ukraine earlier. Oh, she's going to take Putin's side in that? Jesus Christ. Well. Oh, Slips, we've had a night. For the record, I told you I didn't want to fucking be here tonight. So. This, this could have been avoided. Yeah, it could have been avoided, but I'm glad we did it anyway. I think I think as, you know, as we do develop better and better um, 
methodologies for dealing with things and so on. I am happy with it. I remain happy with it. I'm really happy that you're willing to do it with me. But I think, you know, I don't think that not is going to improve us. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's steps to go to. She's, she's saying we're like everyone else on stereo and just listening to our own voices. I gave a really good reasoned and actually supportable um, argument there as to what's wrong with Uber. And it's not like I did the research. I've read the, I've read the material on it. I've evaluated its, its um, merit, but it's not just, you know, it's not just shooting from the hip here. This is a, this is a grounded opinion. This is, this is reality based. So anyway, um, definitely one of the lower intelligence listeners I think we've spoken to. Um, they come in all different shapes and sizes here. We've had some really great, fun people come on the show with us, and we've had some losers. So, again, the loser club expands. But who will I not be following? That person. It's a mixed bag. We live in a society. Yep. You get all types and all sizes and all kinds. So we struggle on. TBD, thank you. I'm always appreciative for your participation in this little experiment. <laughs> and we will, uh, we will move on. I think I'm going to try to, uh, if you, once you shut this down, we can't, we can't add a news story, right? Like there's no, no, there's no going back in. Is to, there? No, there isn't. But if you wanted to, um, if you want to shoot one over to me right now, I will I'm, hold I'm this open. New. Yeah, I'm wondering just if before we wrap it up here, if I can just quickly find, if I just Google search why Uber sucks. And we'll just oh, yeah, to sure. save, You know, to save somebody else who, if anyone actually cares, to save somebody a click um, and expose these freaking criminals for who they are. But if something comes up that's good, that looks good. Um, Okay, so this is fine. I'll just send you this one. It's as good as any other. It's something called Wheel, Five Reasons Uber Sucks. Text it sure. to me. Yep, you want this on text? I will do that. Yeah, because Co my text actually, like, come down so I can just copy and paste it. My email, I have to, like, close out of here and go looking for it. Yeah, that's no good. No, email sucks. Yep, so let me do this. I'm going to put in here. The burbs are loud over there. The burbs are loud as hell tonight. It's true. Mm. Putting it in. Okay. It is very early for them to be awake, too. Yeah, they get up at all different kinds of hours. So if you check your text, you should see something from my work phone. Let's see. Yep. Okay. okay. So if you can throw that on there, we will have done our duty, our civic duty. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not. I'm not shooting from the hip. This is bona fide. Um, educate yourself, KB from see. Texas. If I can do something with this. All right. Is this gonna work? Okay. It did. Nice. And, so, and hey, 
another quick thing before we jump off here, and we're talking about, you know, the merits of coming on, doing these late night shows, which I greatly enjoy. I think you're getting fed up with them, but that's, okay. you know, we'll work that out. But we do talk to, <laughs> we, we talk to people we just otherwise would not encounter. It is kind of fun in a way, if you think about it. Um, it just, it, it's a, it's, there's no way we would have encountered the people we've encountered on this show um, if we weren't doing this. It is a strange little um, just footnote in life that this is now possible with this kind of technology. Um, well, yeah, and that's kind mixing of, people. That's kind of why I've tried to like push it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I didn't have to push too hard. You agreed yeah. to it pretty much right away. But, you know, when we were doing the podcast, which was fine, it was a lot of fun, but it just took so much time for you to edit yeah. that, you know, it was time that we could have spent doing other things. So with this, I'm having just as much fun as I were, as I was when we were, you know, doing the pod, but you know, I just sign off of here. We close it. It saves. We don't have to do anything else. And there's also, you know, that social interaction because we have had cool people. We've made some friends on here and we haven't been here very long. And, you know, I think one of the conversations we had the other day was, well, it's important to talk to people who don't necessarily agree with you either. So, yeah. you know, on a pod, if people find you and like you, you know, they're going to listen to you. But nobody who doesn't like you is just going to listen to you talk and have no way to, like, interact with you. Whereas here, yeah. I think you stand a decent chance of, you know, someone who doesn't agree with you actually coming in because it's real time and they can, you know voice their opinion yeah a smart smart guy once said to me that everyone in the world had something to teach him even if it was exactly how not to be as a human being and i've always felt there was a certain wisdom in that so you know even when we meet people who just seem like complete you know like that whatever that og crackhead or whatever he called himself right like (laughs) good example of that in 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 practice yeah that guy had something to teach me exactly how not to be uh so you know it's, it's not a complete loss, even when you talk to somebody who seems like a complete loss, if you take the right lesson from it. Uh, just, just my two cents. So we got the link in there. It's looking very mm-hmm. pro. I thank you. And we will talk on text, and we got plans for uh, catching up and uh, getting the game in, Celtics in the, the second game. So we'll, we'll, have, we'll be down for that, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Thank you, East awesome. Coast. Thank you, TBD. Bye. Bye.